three, two, one. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today, we're going to talk about what exercise is best, specifically to stimulate hypertrophy or promote, promote growth, primarily because I feel small and Curtis looks huge. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. All right, Mr. Howden, let's talk about uh, specifically what exercise per muscle group is going to help promote the most growth. So if somebody wants to build like a big chest, get some big pecs, like what's the number one exercise they can do? And we're going to kind of go down the, down the body, down the chart, you know, like I think it's pretty fair to say that most girls nowadays in the gym want to build a, uh, you know, big, big glutes. I think they call it a dump truck. Dump truck? I heard dumpy. Yeah, they say that. Trying to build a big dumpy, it disturbs me a little bit. I have a friend, you know what he calls it? What? Calls it a building a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Right, look at the toilet seat on that one. (laughs) I don't think it's particularly dignified. (laughs) Building a toilet. So it's more comfortable? A little more padding? I don't know. (laughs) It's barely better than dumpy. It's barely... Makes me laugh more. <laughs> right? Going to go to the gym today, work on the toilet. <laughs> There's something funny about it. Uh, I just, I, I'm like, I don't know how you could like turn that into like, this is a good thing. I guess the toilet's good when you're looking for one, I guess. I don't know. So we'll get back to that. <laughs> so uh, let's start off with, uh, we're going to start from top down, I guess. Let's go with shoulders. Yeah. I think we should start with the caveat. Should we give the caveat? Have you ever had somebody ask if they want to build their neck? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to talk? Should we, I don't think that's pretty low on the totem pole. Well, I think it fits with the caveat. I think the caveat's an important piece to the puzzle. Okay, what's the caveat? You the didn't cavi- tell me about the caveat. Here's the caveat. When somebody gets online and they're like, oh, this is the best exercise, there's a lot of caveats that have to be given. Mm. So one of the primary things that we know as far as a mechanism is going to help build muscle is muscles that's right muscles um, is mechanical tension Mm -hmm. mechanical tension is going to be something that you can develop a lot of control through the muscle a lot of express a lot of strength it's going to be typically somewhere between like five and seven or six and eight reps somewhere like that where you're reaching what's failure Mm -hmm. You'll even have people like Paul Carter be like, this is the best place to be all the time. It's like, well, I'm not disagreeing necessarily, but I would say that it's probably more well-balanced to say more like 60 or 70% of your training. Mm -hmm. When you're choosing exercises, there's a lot more that goes into it than just this is a good exercise. You have to first give it the caveat of for what? Yeah. Which you did, which I like. That's good. It's like we're talking about muscle building. Great. Even within muscle building, there's a few different things that happen. And you can talk about the different types of hypertrophy. There's technically three, uh, myonuclear domain, uh, sarcomeric, and sarcoplasmic. Nerd. Yeah. Myonuclear domain would be increasing the amount of nucleus available to to run your cell. Mm -hmm. More brains, basically. That's not going to give you more hypertrophy, but it would help you down the road. Then you have um, sarcoplasmic, and sarcoplasmic is changing the amount of carbohydrates that the muscle can hold. 
This is the one that you see the people that are really stuck on high reps. They're like, oh, I do, yeah, I do like three of 14 or 12 reps or whatever. Just want to feel the pump. People that chase the pump consistently, but the challenge is on that one, it's really hard to get enough tension to stimulate more mitochondrial, actual more muscle cell or the, more size of muscle cell because we have hypertrophy. The pump's almost like Puff Magic Dragon. Yeah, well, and you look great during the workout, too. So if you're getting Insta-famous, it'll help for when you're taking your pictures during the workout. And then it just fades away. Then you go back to chase it again the next day. That's right. Yeah. It's Puff the Magic Dragon. And then the third is myofibular. And then the third, myofibular or sarcomeric, which is we're adding mitochondria to increase the cell of the, the size of the muscle cell. Um, you would choose different exercises based on the stimulus you're using to target that. Mm-hmm. So all of this, you have to put this caveat in, like, what's the best exercise? We'll give a few ideas on, like, here's a really good angle. This one would fit for a variety of different things. But, for example, if I was focusing on something that was really sarcoplasmic, I would, I would probably get the person in a shortened muscle position a little better so that I can keep blood in the muscle longer because that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was going to do something like mechanical tension, I could do pauses in the short position, but I would tend to be more lengthened overload stimulus, which is, it's all a lot of details that weren't, I just needed to give that caveat so that if you want to get really nerdy and say, well, that's, n- that's not the whole story. Well, no, it's not. We're going to go with exercises that can overlap many stimulus. We're going to go with exercises that line up well with the muscle and then we can go from there. So the caveat is it gets super geeky and we're going to generalize it. It gets geeky. All right. All right. Neck? I don't think we need to do neck. You got to get the iron neck from Joe Rogan. Wait. You seen that one? I have, yeah. I'm not against that. I have, a, I have a few challenges with it. I do. When you're rotating your neck under load, that's a little bit concerning. We, we don't you, need to get into it. Yeah, if you turned your whole body and just left neutral, it would actually be really valuable. Yeah. What about traps? Guys, traps. Guys like big traps. Hey, listen, man. Traps are, there's a few really good drills. The shrug and the overhead shrug are fantastic. Mm. So I've never th- used the overhead shrug to think about stimulating muscle growth, but it makes sense. Yeah, well, you can you can actually get a lot of tension on that. Technically, got, I do that in handstands because you have to do like shrugging handstands, like totally, yeah. Elevation depression. So the upward rotators of your scapula are trap one, the top from the upper trap. Serratus. Trap, trap three, the lower one, and then serratus to pull down. Can you around. say it in Scottish? Serratus. Yeah. So those three rotate. They rotate that. Um, shoulder blade up so doing shrugs with your arms at your sides they work they're they're good and you can do a lot of load the overhead shrug works really nice too and you know the one caveat that I didn't give is that when we start looking at how do you choose a good hypertrophy exercise how do I choose a good exercise you're gonna want to choose something that's relatively stable so positions of instability limit your ability to put tension through the tissue mm-hmm. So like a chest press on a machine, if it's a converging machine, can be fantastic because it provides high stability. Yeah, so we're looking for more exercises because we're looking for mechanical tension. We're looking for more like closed chain exercises compared to like dumbbells. It could be be either as long as it provides lots of stability. stability. And then the other thing that you would want is scalability. Stability and scalability. Mm -hmm. Those two things are going to allow you to do a lot of stuff. And stability is valuable, but we're just specifically talking about trying to grow a certain sexy aesthetic muscular group that you might be lacking. That's right. That's why I'm saying stability is good. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, I need like a stabilization exercise. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about something that's innately stable, mm-hmm. like a chest press machine. That's a stable exercise. And you you, you said, don't have to do any stabilizing yourself. You said converging. What does that mean? Audio normal so people. So converging means that your arm comes from out to in. So when you're doing your pec doesn't actually push your hand forward. It pulls it around your body. Yeah. And so a lot of what, what we do um, needs to actually target the ability for that muscle to go through its full range. You know? Yeah. So traps, but shrugs, for traps, overhead shrugs. I've never done overhead shrugs. How would you go about it? Barbell. You could do it with a Smith machine too. Like you That's just more do like stable. overhead press and then just elevate and depress and yeah, elevate. Yeah, start with a bit of a wider grip, work like a champ. Yeah. The challenge is it's not as loadable as a regular. Shrug. Way more core strength required too. Like yeah, bigger there's demand. positional stuff and whatever else, but it does get a shorter position, so it does have some value in in different phases. I don't think I've ever seen anybody in my history in the gym actually do overhead shrugs, but it does make a lot of sense. I have done overhead shrugs and it ruined me. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into like generic sets and reps here or is that a completely different? Uh, that starts getting to be pretty stinky. Like okay. it, it really gets to the point of like, well, what phase am I in and whatever else? The best thing that I would say is like, Three? if you don't know what to do, if you can get somewhere between like that six or five and eight reps, like five to eight reps is going to be mechanical tension. It's going to be good. You can live there a long time and you'll continue to get gains. Whereas your higher rep stuff, you can't live there as long without changing your stimulus. Yeah, I think I'm a little sticky primarily just on like traps and caps is always one that I fall into that I find doing higher volume typically works better because they're so damn strong. Like you can go on like a 500 pound calf raise machine and rep it relatively easy. And same with shrugs. Like you can load up 300 pounds on a shrug and kind of just like, do you make weird faces when you shrug too? Ah. My my nose comes up and everything. And you got to make weird sounds with the faces. And then you find one person to look at. So anyways, because they, because I find them to be such like small muscle groups that are so damn strong, I always tend to kind of go on a higher volume for shrugs and calves. Well, your calves take a little bit more to fatigue, especially mm-hmm. because they, they work every step of every day. They, they are pretty, pretty good, but they also don't see those sorts of big boy rep loads. ranges very often. Yeah. So like, do you need to do higher? You can for sure. Um, Look at Olympic lifters. They don't do a lot of high reps and look at their traps. They're just stabilizing overhead. They, they think it's the shrug from the pole, a lot of people. But that stabilizing overhead is a lot of what builds their traps for them. Yeah. So, and Olympic lifters have fantastic traps. That's something that's hard to argue. Okay, so traps, shrugs, overhead shrugs would be a little bit more iffy. Dumbbells on the overhead shrug would probably be way, way harder. So probably sticking to a barbell or a Smith machine might be a little yeah. bit smarter. Get the Smitty will give Do you a little a seated, bit more stability. seated Smith machine? You could, yeah. That would standing Smith wouldn't really work very well. Yeah, well, seated it eliminates a little bit of core. So, shrugs. You can also just click it in and click it out, so it it's easier to get into. Yeah, but you, when you get into something like the delts, which is kind of the next standard place that you'd go, let's get into it. The delts, there's there's all sorts of different heads to the delts. Mm-hmm. People break them down into three. There's actually way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we just stick, let's keep it simple. Let's not get into every single, there's three divisions of the post delt. If I may, let's you just may. focus on somebody wants to build the cap, like just build that big cap and then possibly rear delt just because people are OCD. So, so because anterior always gets worked so hard anyways, with all the pressing and pushing and yeah, medial delt, I'd probably have to choose a cable fly. 
Yeah. So you would choose either a Y raise or a lateral raise. I did a Y raise on YouTube yeah, if you're yeah, watching yeah, the video. Yeah, Y raise. Just so you know. So Y raise is kind of the one um, mid-delt exercise to rule them all. Mm -hmm. So like when we start when we start getting into that middle head of the deltoid um, or the lateral side there, um, when you start getting in there, the shortest position is going to be up here. It's like, well, I can lateral raise to about there and then it's over. But if I just turn that scapula and pull this way, whoa, way shorter. Yeah. So those are the two that I would kind of select when we start talking about that. So just for the audio only listeners, like when you talk about a side lateral raise, that's dumbbells at your side, just lifting them up to about shoulder height. I think that's the standard. Everyone kind of tries to do that one. And I don't think that many people actually know about the Y raise. So that would be facing the cable machine hands in front of you or like probably lower, like below your yeah. hips. Yeah. And then you're pulling them in an X pattern so oh. that your hands are yep. above head in a Y position. Um, if you want to get more on this, like check the YouTube because we're mining it for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the lateral raise is something that people often, they go too far to the side. You want to get it in the position of the scapula, which is going to be, you want to think about the upper arm being about 30 degrees forward and you'll get it way more in the middle, like Actually, way more. Yeah, I was going to say for my side lateral raise, in order to achieve the position you're talking about, rather than doing it standing, I like to do it on an incline bench with chest supported so you're not cheating and that way the scap kind of wraps around it a little bit and then you're you are reaching a little bit more forward instead of like right out to the side yeah and away from the cable machine it works perfect if you're a little bit tip forward even when you're on dumbbells if you tip forward it works better because it's a more shortened position and i think a lot of these exercises we're talking about if you can align the cables up right you're probably going to get a better resistance profile than the dumbbell especially like on something like that lateral fly because you're getting most of the tension at the top whereas if you're rolling a cable with the right with well, the right the, angle that's right and that's the, the success and the challenge of cables is they have all these different angles you can set up different profiles and whatever but it gets complex mm -hmm. so you know can you adjust a dumbbell to give you a different uh, position as far as shortened position of the muscle or a different profile can you do that yes it's just a little bit weirder you got to start tipping your body and doing all these things but with a cable you can move the cable instead of your body Mm -hmm. So, and we're not dealing with gravity the same way. So it's just, in some ways it's easier to set up more profiles, but it's more complicated because you have to really lock in on what the angle is. Yeah. I, I know my online clients, they often, when I send them a video, it takes them a time or two to get it set up just right. Yeah. Um, but once they have it, they're like, wow, that's so different. It's locked in. So to build the cap of the shoulder, cable Y raise and side lateral, in yeah, like a slightly arms forward position. Those would be the two. Yeah. Those are big ones. What about you? Do you agree with that? We haven't asked you too much. That's actually, well, that's where I was going with it. Um, obviously, I learned the cable Y raise from you maybe however long ago. Long time. Um, so that was uh, introduced to me a while ago, and I do absolutely love it. Um, I like to change it up depending, although we're not talking about the cap of the shoulder, but, you know, changing my hand position to hit a little bit different targets. But, yeah, yeah. Gen generically, yeah. So, so keeping the knuckles back is going to be more... Mid delt. If you turn your thumbs, it's going to be more trapped. Yeah, those are the two for me for sure. I agree with you. The traps. I was. Um, I didn't know much else to do. Like in order, I was. I was wondering if you're going to get geeky on the angles, being like, uh, I've loaded um, on like the back extension, where I'm like li like tipped forward to get my traps in a different way. So I was wondering if you're going to go geekier than just your old standard standing shrug. You can get geeky on that, and Paul Carter and Kaz Hansen have really argued on this one. Kaz does in-house research and shows the data, so it's really hard to argue with him in some ways. 
because he's super smart in the first place, but he also has really high level equipment. Mm -hmm. So he did, he did this whole thing on like where the traps are best stimulated. And you'll, you have a few studies saying if you're tipped forward a little bit more that you get more, tr more upper trap. Um, that's been refuted pretty heavily on the, either, on the other end too, though. Mm -hmm. So for well, me, I'm what like, what do you believe? What's the master Howden think? You know what I believe about all these exercises? If you can set up an exercise that you like doing and you're willing to work hard at, it's probably a good exercise. True facts. Okay. Rear delt? Rear delt is a good one. There's a few different ways that you can go about it. One of the ways is to use your rowing well. So mm -hmm. to use your rowing, if you set up your arm, if you just flap your arm and try to get it as far back as you can, where I find that elbow far enough back, farthest possible back is going to be where the rear delt's working. Mm -hmm. So when I use a row, I could do single arm or, or bilateral, and I'm pulling that arm as far back as possible, really focusing on getting that rear delt. And at the final position, you can squeeze your traps too. In order to achieve that, though, you'd have to use lighter weight than your traditional seated row. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a little bit lighter, but it gets strong fast. Yeah. Rear delts is one of the biggest opportunities people have. Mm -hmm. Your posterior capsule of your shoulder is like 60% tricep and 40% rear delt. Like mm -hmm. it's you need to get that dealt with. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good one. And then the other one would be the straight arm variation, which is a high to low um, fly. And I would do that on the cable most of the time. You can do it with dumbbells just tipped over. But so it's not, a reverse fly. Yeah, but it's not your hands the height of the shoulders like people do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you go hands like height of shoulder or a little above and then bring down in a little bit of an X. Yeah, so your angle is going to be different than mine. But if you flap that arm and see how far back you can get it's the position. I'm smaller than you? No, you got longer arms. Yeah, but they're smaller. <laughs> the further back you get, the more we can get into rear delt and figure out where it actually wants to be. So for me, it's like, well, a rear delt row, like a Meadows row with a... Um, with a barbell on the ground, that's a really nice resistance profile because it wanes, it gets lighter as you pull. Mm -hmm. So that can be a really great exercise. I really like that one. Um, and then the straight arm um, rear delt fly, but it's not really a rear delt fly. It's not straight out. It's it's high to low is what I would call and it. And it's not even quite an X, I would say. Do you think it's like a little bit higher than an X? It's like a, a very shallow X. It's a very shallow X, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe that. It's like a hobbit home. There you go. What would you choose for rear delt? Well, again, I'm biased because I've learned a lot from you, obviously. Um, I've done the elbow tracking back as far as I possibly can. Um, and I've been doing the high to low, the high to low fly. I've tried. I, I like doing it, honestly, um, on a couple, like on my cable machine, I'll kind of do like maybe four sets and each set I'll kind of like tweak the uh, angle ever so slightly. So I'm kind of working all around. So I would agree with those. The most though, if I was being brutally honest and I don't know why it hit like this, but the most I ever had my rear delt super smashed, like they were so dummied was when I was doing, I don't know what you would call it, like an alternating chin up where you grab the bar instead of like facing the wall, you're kind of like facing sideways and your hands are alternated. And I was like pulling the bar to my trap and then alternating. I did some like three sets of those like a couple of years ago and I never like my rear delts were cooked. cooked. Wonder why? Tell me. The furthest posterior fibers of your rear delt are like, they pull your elbow in like this. Mm -hmm. So as you're getting over and wrapping around, you're yeah. getting the furthest fibers back. Yeah. So doing like a pull down here and really pulling that elbow across your body that's the most posterior fibers of the, of the rear delt i didn't want to get too into minutia but that would work 
really, really well. And I like the kind of cable out to the side and, and pull across there for rear delt as well. It works really good. Um, but yeah, the the shoulder, if you looked at what it does, it's like meep, 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 meep. And then the final is like way back here. Yeah. It's a really interesting angle. But yeah, that I'm not against that drill by any stretch. That's probably not the best way of getting that particular tissue, but it is a way. I don't think it's the best way, and especially because it's way more compound and it's working way more things. We're talking about like just specifically targeting. I'm just saying I was smashed after that real bad. Oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Um, we'll go pecs buys tries sure so for me we already talked about this off camera but you know like if you look at it like an anatomy textbook it'll say the most compound biggest movement to build your chest or like most neurologically taxing would be like a bench press or a decline bench press declined i think works the pec harder than flat well it allows you to move more load but when we talk about bench press are we talking about barbell yes i'm not saying that's the best i'm saying from a textbook perspective yeah, so the barbell bench press is a lengthened to mid-range overload. Mm -hmm. So as far as working the pec, it's incomplete. Yeah. Because the pec doesn't do that, pushing your arm forward. It yeah. actually wraps it around your body, very much like the lat does. Yeah. So um, when I'm at home, the best way I like to do, like work my pec specifically is more of a cable press. And that's, again, my cables are wide enough that I'm able to kind of get that... Uh, that converging That press. converging press yes, across. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Well, I have the free motion at my house allows me to do that as well. I really like that I can put it on a shortened position or a lengthened position. Yeah. For the chest, most of what you find is is the hardest position is when you're in the long position. That's true of bench press, dumbbell bench press, even cable bench press if you have it the load pretty close to behind you. So getting it to overload the shortened position is nice. Getting that cross position is really nice. I actually have come to really enjoy having a, a, a press around where we can press right through to that short position of the pec. Um, so do you find you have to do single arm to achieve that? You absolutely do have to do single arm to do that, but they work incredibly well. The pull arounds for the lat and the press arounds for the chest are amazing. Um, I find also for the chest that finding ways to target the sternal pec, so middle and clavicular pec, the upper pec, are really important because you'll see a lot of people are working decline press because they're stronger there, but that's be, that's due to a variety of factors one of them being leverage one of them being range of motion and whatever if you get a really really developed upper chest that's something that's very noticeable as far as physiques go so we kind of agree i guess on a cable some kind of cable press with the right angle for upper pec what do you do for an upper pec so upper pec is going to be low to high the press around is something that i often use um, and then fly variations. Fly variations are tremendous. So how are you f mime it on like the angle you would do for upper pec fly? Like So basically for an upper pec fly, what you want to do is pull your arm across and you want to make sure that your shoulder isn't lifting up. So for me, it's like bicep to chin like this. Hmm. That's the position that I would want to press to. Yeah. You've heard of the uh, guillotine press? Yes, I have heard of the guillotine press. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the best because I think it's sketchy and I don't think most people can actually do it properly. Uh, I don't think most people have like the proprioceptive awareness to actually achieve the position. And I think most people can blow their shoulders out. But I've seen it explode some upper titties. Like I've seen some upper titties. Yeah, well, th that isn't an exercise I would choose for my people. And I'm not saying do it because I think it's dangerous, but I've just seen it do some work. Yeah, 
the thing is that it's kind of like a this or that exercise. The person was also very low body fat, so you could definitely see the differentiation of like, oh, look which at is, that. Which is awesome, but for me, my, my challenge is it's poor joint mechanics. Mm -hmm. And oh, it puts you in a compromised position. Yeah, so it's like you either blow up your shoulders or you blow up your upper titties. I'm just not risking it. Yeah. So, you know, can, can it work? Yeah, I would actually argue that it lines up better with the anterior delt. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. If somebody's willing to do it and they're safe, have at her. Yeah. So cable chest press and variation of flies. Cables seem to be a uh, reoccurring theme for yeah, the targeted one, isolation. One thing I would say about that one, I do like the cable press. It's good. You can set up different resistance profiles. But dumbbell press, or if you band a dumbbell press like Paul Carter does a little bit, mm -hmm. um, it adds challenge at the top of the range. And it's it allows you to do more load. It's a more stabilized position. Trying to get your cables to load up really well for a real good set mm -hmm. of like five is gonna be tough. Whereas like dumbbells are a little bit easier to get into position. So. You ready to roll on? Yeah, absolutely. So two exercises for buy, two exercises for try. Does that seem fair or do you think you need more? We can do How many you need, wizard? Well, it's a matter of what you wanna get into. Like how, how deep how you wanna get you in. Go? Like typically what you would do is break it down and say, well, how do I target this area, that area, and this area? And it, with the buys and, and tries, you're going to have, you've got more than, yeah, let's keep it two just for simplicity's sake. Your favorite. I'm going to go three. Your favoriteist. Yeah. Is that a word? Favoriteist. So three. I'm going to start with brachialis just to be a jerk. Okay. We said biceps, but brachialis is the muscle underneath the biceps. It only goes halfway up and it only does elbow flexion. The cool thing about brachialis is you can get the bicep to go away just by extending the elbow because you lengthen the bicep while you squeeze the brachialis. Mm -hmm. So with that guy, people often do hammer curls. If they were due to a hammer curl, you could use a dumbbell. If we did our hammer curl and we pushed our elbow back like this while we did it, it actually disenfranchises the biceps even more mm -hmm. and you'll find this bottom half of your bicep aches like just crazy contraction so hammer curl except pull your elbow back like you're dragging the dumbbell yeah. up your body rather than arcing it across that's right it'd be like a drag curl and that would work you can even tip over to do that on a more is short that gonna make my bicep look bigger curtis yeah it is be looking small well that's because you're busy doing handstands and things that does not build biceps damn it i can do it on the beach though that's true. Can't do hammer curls on the beach. I don't have to do hammer curls on the beach. Okay, big dog. They could see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually see videos of guys when they talk about these topics like, oh, if you do your curl like this, it's going to build the peak of the bicep. And if you do this, it's going to do that. So, if you're training the brachialis, what exactly? That's what aesthetically? That's when they talk about the peak because that muscle stops in the middle of the bicep. So, the peak you want to do... Would you say it's fair to say like uh, the elbow like traveling behind the body in some variation? Yeah, so like incline dumbbell in, in, sorry incline dumbbell curls. Yeah, you could do it like that. You could do it tipped over. You could do it on a cable that's horizontal with you, and just as long as you're tracking that elbow back and pulling that hand to your shoulder, uh, you're gonna you can get a lot of tension in there. Okay, that's that is my absolute favorite. And standing and doing hammer curls, I'm not against. I like those, but that one is more effective. So it's like a drag hammer curl. I was going to say and for that you area. You could even supinate it. You could. It doesn't really matter. Your brachialis 
only flexes the arm. Yeah, I was gonna say for that, I don't. It might, it's, I think it's similar. It is similar, but uh, for me, it would be like I've been doing cables on my bench where I have like back supported, and I'm facing away from my cables, and cables are behind me, and I'm leaving my elbows and arms back, and then when I'm curling, I'm just curling here. Yeah, so that would, it's similar but different. That one would actually be like a lengthened position bicep curl. Yeah. Because it's still making the arch. So it, this is, like, that's kind of where you would, you would want to select, like, okay, when you're trying to just pick and choose a few good exercises, you can say, well, I'm going to go after this head and that head. But if you're giving me three, I'm going to go with Omni, which is both heads of the bicep. And a lengthened position with the cables like that would be my next choice, whether you're leaning out, um, standing up, or on a bench. Uh, but being in an extended position and allowing that arch to happen. So I've got, I've got one of your three. <laughs> that, yeah, I would absolutely take that one. That's a great choice. I've, I've done drag curls before, not with a like a hammer curl. I've done drag curls with an easy curl bar. Still works. So a drag Same curl. Thing. Yeah, so if you had a barbell or an easy curl bar, essentially instead of just you're dra just dragging the bar up your body and pulling your elbows back That's behind right. you. And it's even more effective if you tip over more. So because when you're standing up, you'll run into a... You'll run at a range there, but if you tip forward, you can get your hands really Just close like to your a, shoulder. Just like a baby tip, like 10 degrees. Oh, huge, like 90 degrees. Oh, and then you're almost kind of like rowing it? It looks like a bastardized row, but yeah, you'll feel it. And then your third one, I am imagine, is going to be some kind of elbows in front of the body. Maybe. What's yours? Tell me yours. I just like preacher curls because I like preacher curls, not barbell preacher curls. I've been setting up cable preacher curl. No, no, no. I've been setting up cable preacher curls in my gym. Um, I just like how it feels. It just makes me feel good. Shortened overload, shortened position. I love it. Yeah, that would, be, that would be my go-to. And you get that stability component of the elbows kind of like locked into place. Um, when, if you, well, when, when you do your preacher curl, though, I find shoulders is something that I'm not really familiar with. I kind of like whether they're floating around, like are we reaching a scapula forward on that preacher curl or does it matter? Should he be tucked back? Where, where's the shoulder? I think located? that people worry too much about retraction. Like if you could settle up a nice neutralized position, like literally set your shoulder just where it should be. It's not like down. It's just where it should be. Almost feel like you're pulling it into yourself and then just curl from there. Just leave it where it is. We start moving those scapula around. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Could you reach into protraction while you're doing it? You could. But again, the three things we're looking for when it comes to hypertrophy, we want something that has high stability, high scalability, and typically high range of motion goes a long way. Mm -hmm. um, so what's your third? Or are you on the same boat? I'm in the same boat. I like the shortened position. Um, the... If I'm just given a couple drills, I'd be like, yeah, we'll target brachialis, a couple omni drills. If we had a few more, if we were talking, if we do a whole episode on the bicep, I would talk a little bit more about like, well, how is it that I go like short head versus long head and, and things like this, but we don't need to get that far. You know what I'm going to do? How do we do? target the whole darn thing? I'm going to do more drag curls after this. Beautiful. Get that peak. Yeah, peak it up. Put my little hobbit home right on my bicep. Get those peaky blinders. Triceps. <laughs> You want three again? Triceps. Sure. Yeah, three's good for me. All right. If we... You're the chef. If we look at the antagonist of brachialis, it's going to be the medial head of the tricep. So when we're pressing, we would actually want to have the elbow come forward. So the exact opposite, let's say drag curl up here. Yeah. Exact opposite, elbow going forward. That's going to be that medial head of the tricep. I love that drill. I, I love it a lot. If you grab a barbell especially if you have a, 
an easy bar that you can attach to a cable and you tip over it so it's like right at your chin and press it directly down works really great you could do it on a bench if you have a barbell you just lay down with an easy bar or a regular barbell and just do a guillotine press yeah where your elbows stay in front of the bar and then press through so it'd be like a skull crusher except in bread instead of the arcing motion to the forehead you're kind of just like collapsing and folding down to the neck that's right and then pressing and that's why they call it a guillotine yeah that's rough um yeah I love that one. To preface this too, like I think a lot of guys are like diehards on some exercise. Guys are going to be like, oh yeah, triceps got to do dips, bro. Again, dips are great, but again, they're very compound complex. And they're not just, we're just talking about only hitting triceps. Your triceps are the weak spot. So we're just only hitting triceps. Again, the caveat I gave is that you can do whatever. When I first started exercising, I had nothing. So I was doing dips, uh, like tricep dips, because I didn't have anything to do real dips with. I did tricep dips. I had huge gains in my triceps. You know, Kaz and a, and a lot of other people that post online, they're like, this is not a great exercise, whatever. You know what? It's not the best tricep exercise out there. It's not. But it worked It worked good, man, especially because I was willing to do it all the damn time. So I think, too, just while we're talking about arms, we'll get to the dumpies and toilets soon. But Oh, the toilet. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people probably lack on... I don't know what you would call it like that that more of a folding position but like the drag curl i don't i don't see that being done very often in the gym and then as well as the tricep like that guillotine skull crusher style you're talking about whether you're doing cables or dumbbells i feel like that's people's greatest area of opportunity not only for to promote growth but also to just promote health within the joint yeah well getting into a full closing position of the elbow can be a big deal especially for people that have that kind of medial epicondylitis on the inside of their elbow starts getting painful and whatever and they're glowed all lifters get that it's like no they don't yeah um so i think those are two really good drills when it comes to triceps other than that i would do cross cable um extension like just press down here Mm -hmm. and then i'd probably do something a little more overhead as far as like a katana press like a french press sort of thing katana pole you don't press your sword out of your sheath you pull it out of your sheath you're using too much lat if you're pulling swing um that's where i was going as well yeah that Um, cross cable like unilateral each hand coming across it lines up with the tissue really really nice and like overhead same thing like when people do their skull crushers i'm often like why are you squeezing your elbows in so much like let it move where the arm is that's that's the tissue we're working the tissue isn't that way yeah so the x pull down your ending position for the audio listeners to me you look a little bit like iron man when he's about to fly. Kind of like Iron Man flying. So you take your elbows down by their sides and a little bit of an X and you pull out your little jetpacks from your hands. That's, yep. your, that's your ending position. Then you're just tracking from just biceps. The Iron Man press. So how come you think that's a press, but when your elbow's up, all of a sudden it's a pull? Well, when <laughs> I program that one, when I program that, in my, in my true codes, it's called tricep X pull down. At the end of the day, every muscle action is a pull. It's two ends pulling together. Yeah. What you would call it a press for is the leverage involved. What is that? Involved. Myo, myotism? Myo... What is that? You're not with me? I'm going crazy? I don't know what you're talking about. Myo something. Myo something. Oh, the sliding filament theory. Yeah, that's just like bringing actin and myosin together, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, katana pull, again, is uh, probably one of the best for the triceps. If I'm picking favorites, though, going away from that, I love doing just like traditional, like single dumbbell overhead 
uh, behind the neck French press. Yeah, yeah, just just traditional French press over the katana pole. Uh, a little bit more time saving, but I don't know. Just to tell you the truth, I'm not the biggest fan of the overhead tricep stuff. No, people say that it's more long head. I don't think that's really well established. I actually think that that cross cable press down and then the um, the medial tricep press down are much more scalable, large range of motion, and for a lot of people, their shoulders aren't going to let them to get too overhead. So you'd have to end up being more like here, anyways, which is fine. I, I still do it. But that's my least favorite of the three is all I'm saying. I want to bounce back for one second on the topic of if you could only choose one to make the bicep and the tricep look larger overall, which one? Oh, and I don't have one. I don't have the answer. I'm asking you. That's a tough go, that one. If you don't have it, that's fine. We can move on. I don't yeah. even know if it's a legitimate question. I'm sure that anybody out there would when be wondering I f- as well. When I first started exercising, what I would do is drag curls and the cross cable extension pretty close to that. It was a little different, but um, those were the two that I would do. And they're, the drag curl probably wasn't the best selection. It would have been better to use cables. But if you chose something like that, that lengthened or shortened position, it's an omni exercise, meaning all the heads of the bicep. And then if you, if you chose that cross cable, it is an omni exercise. So those are the two I would pick. If I just had two to use and that's all, that's what I would choose. So the bicep when you're talking about the same as the tricep cross pull down, but bicep. No, that would be more at the sides. Oh, just straight at the sides. Okay. Just cables Um, behind usually. Do you want to go into the toilet? Well, I think we're going to have to do a part two for the lower body. I'm looking forward to that part. (laughs) I am. Everyone likes to talk about a toilet. (laughs) Makes it funnier too when you're like, oh, a toilet seat. I would love part I don't know. two. I'm looking know. forward to it. That's true, but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do lats and rhomboids, so. What time is it? 240. 2.40. Okay, I got to go. You got to go. Yeah. We got to go. Okay. Like, comment, subscribe, especially if you like the toilet. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.